This is episode number 85 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, friends. Jesse here. Before we get into today's To Birth and Beyond podcast episode, I wanted to let you know that I have a free, brand new, totally done for you freebie that is available for you to download in the show notes of today's episode. It is called the postnatal consultation form. And it is the consultation form I've been using with post-pregnancy clients for years in my business when I bring a new client into my coaching practice. So it is ready for you to use in your business, in your practice with initial consults or client intakes with postpartum people and moms. 55 questions to help you inquire about sensitive information in a compassionate manner on topics such as pregnancy and infant loss, pelvic health, pelvic floor function, relationship to their body image, their mindset around exercise and foods, their pronouns, their gender identity, their values from their culture, race, and more. You can go to the link in the show notes today to get the postnatal consultation form or go to jessiemundell.com slash consult to download it now. And you can start emailing it off or printing it off to the postpartum people in your business. If you are an exercise professional, a coach, a physiotherapist, a physical therapist, or any health practitioner who works with postpartum people. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell and Anita Lambert. Today we are talking about postpartum abdominal training. This is a big topic, of course. What we want to discuss today is why we might even care about doing abdominal or core exercises postpartum if they are good or necessary for postpartum healing, particularly with the belly, the diastasis, the pelvic floor. We're going to hopefully bust some myths about the need for postpartum abdominal exercises and why we might be using them, what the actual benefits are. And then we're going to talk about how we can use them in an effective way to help our postpartum healing. So let's get into this. The first thing I want to talk with you about, I'm interested to hear, Anita, if like what the conversations about abdominal exercises are like in your practice with your patients, because what I see a lot of in with my fitness coaching clients and just in the fitness industry messaging around postpartum is that we are so frantic to get back to core exercises and This relates deeply to our experience with body image postpartum in a lot of ways, because I think we still have these ideas that 
if we do abdominal exercises, then our bellies are going to get smaller and flatter. And I see a lot of urgency in people postpartum to be wanting to get back to more abdominal exercises or to do harder abdominal exercises to feel sore or like muscle burning in their bellies because they think that relates to making their belly look a different way. Do you see the same? Yeah. So I'd say, I mean, definitely a big part would be people are coming in generally with symptoms, um, whether pelvic floor core or anywhere in the body. And so they're, they're wondering, you know, that's kind of one of the main reasons they want to do core exercises is they're hoping that's going to help it, but there is an aesthetic side to it. Definitely. Um, and at any point postpartum, whether I'm seeing a mom at four weeks or I'm seeing her four years postpartum, um, that definitely can come up as well. So the body image side. Mm -hmm. And this is what one thing I find frustrating about the conversation that generally happens with fitness and health professionals, some physiotherapists and physical therapists um, included in that is that over the last few years, we've seen this necessary shift in the conversation about abdominal exercises postpartum and with diastasis to be getting people back to them because of course it is possible to get back to abdominal exercises and we're decreasing this fear about diastasis recti all necessary but I think that it does miss this piece of the puzzle sometimes about why people even want to be doing them I think we see it veiled a lot of the time that people just love crunches people love sit-ups they want their bodies to be able to do these things and while I agree that is true I'm also interested in why why do you like crunches why do you like sit-ups like what is the stuff underneath that does it just feel good in your body um, is there body change goals attached to that? And that's not at all necessarily a bad thing. But again, I just see this like frantic energy to want to get back to core stuff because we think it is going to change the way the belly feels. And we have such discomfort in the postpartum belly looking perhaps the way that it looks bigger, more belly fat, rounder, whatever the case may be. So second thing, do we even need abdominal exercises for postpartum healing are they good are they necessary from your perspective as a physiotherapist do we need them on a physical level so I feel like yeah this is a big question because there's there's so many different ways right we could look at it and what do people think of as abdominal exercises um because I do feel and we see this on many levels that you know you know, reconnecting to your core. A lot of times you'll hear from the inside out is important for rehab and retraining and getting back to activities you love. Um, so I would say they are important on that level because because body has gone through a lot of changes in pregnancy, whether you have symptoms or not, but there have been changes and then you've given birth and whether it's been a vaginal cesarean, there's another big change. And there is healing that does need to happen in reconnecting to those muscles. So definitely there, uh, I do feel like core exercises are helpful, but they may not necessarily look like what people think core exercises are. Like I find I'm educating a lot that we're bringing a core awareness or a strategy of using your core into lots of different exercises and different movements rather than traditionally everyone thinks, okay, well, it's either a sit-up, a crunch, or a plank. Those are three core exercises, dead bugs, like 
they're kind of in this box and when it comes to like retraining and reconnecting to the deep core you can bring it into like so many everything so i try to educate that it's like not that those specific core exercises are bad and yes if you enjoy doing them but when it comes to like postpartum and reconnecting it's it's different core exercises look different um and so once people understand that they're like okay well that makes a lot more sense um but i think there's a long way to go we have this very traditional this is core this is not um type of list yeah that's such a good point totally crunches sit up planks those are your core exercises i love that you brought that up yes that's a big part of the education with my clients too that the abdominal muscles like they're not just shut off in other exercises or they're not shut off at any any time really if you're upright if you're moving your body in different ways the abdominal muscles are going to be active engaging working to some degree and that core exercises or abdominal exercises can look like squats and deadlifts and chest presses and pull-ups and whatever way you're able to access your body it can be included I think that's so important. The other thing that I wanted to touch on was this idea of having a weak core. What does that mean? Oh, there's so many good things coming up Um, (laughs) uh, around language because uh, definitely that's a a big thing. Um, Bit of a pet peeve for me that I'm seeing a lot um and i think in the physio world a lot more is coming out about it um the language we use so yeah when someone says weak core i mean yeah where where do you want to go with that jess because there's so many so many places we could go totally so uh, what so for example what i hear from people say they send me messages on Instagram or by email and they were told by their trainer or their physio or their physician that they have a weak core postpartum. And so they need to start doing their crunches, their sit-ups, their planks to get stronger. Is that the truth? Yeah. I, I don't like using that in terms of weak because people just take that in and then it ends up being this whole inner dialogue of like they're weak in general and Rather than saying, let's, we need to reconnect, retrain, um, and how you said before, like, if you're moving around throughout your day, like, your core is working, it doesn't shut off, and I think that's something I see a lot, and we see a lot of, like, glutes shut off, core shuts off, your pelvic floor is shut off, and it's not necessarily the case. Like, even if you're leaking urine with a movement it's not necessarily that your pelvic floor is shut off it just may be not using the most effective strategy um you may need to work on different you know breathing there's just so many sides to it that it's not so much of like weak and strong i think if we change the dialogue and talk about different strategy doing it a different way um that empowers the client or empowers you to feel a lot different being like, okay, it's not about me being weak. I just need to find a different way to do this. Um, and a different strategy. I think that's actually a better way to speak about it. I love that. I love that. And 
so true because a lot of the people who are messaging me with those questions about having a weak core, they are taking care of a baby. They are carrying a 40 pound toddler or preschool around. They're doing all these incredibly physical things with their body and they're not weak and their abdominal muscles may not be weak in the least. It's like you mentioned, perhaps a different strategy was needed for why they might be having these symptoms. Again, I think it's just this common one that comes up a lot about they went to the doctor because they were having incontinence, for example, and their doctor tells them you have a weak pelvic floor or you have a weak abdominal muscles and that's why your belly looks like this. So it is just, yeah, that language is not accurate in so many cases. And then it's just frustrating to practitioner side and the client and patient side as well. And I should say too, like, I've definitely used that language before. This is not something that you and I have never used. Like it's one of the the evolution of like, we're constantly learning, you know, how we speak to clients, how we speak to ourselves affects how we feel and actually can affect our symptoms. So if we start talking about this and change the language that we use around it, um, can, yeah, can make a difference with how we feel in our own body. But then if you work with clients or patients, like it can make such a big difference in their results and their progress, um, how you speak about things. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because one thing that I was thinking when you said about the glutes shutting off, I was like, oh goodness. I used to tell people like their glutes had amnesia. (laughs) That's so terrible. It's still still out there. You will see, I see social media posts like every day that that pops up, that the the glutes have shut off. That's probably one of the, the most common ones. The glutes or the core, yeah, or certain parts of the core have just shut off. Um, and there's just different ways that we could talk about it um, that would be more empowering and more positive and more accurate. Um, more accurate. What's actually happening. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So I think that we see two sides to this situation when we're talking about abdominal exercises for post-pregnancy populations. One side that we have fear around diastasis recti or abdominal separation becoming worse if people do engage in abdominal exercises. And on the flip side, we see this other camp talking about how we need to do all the reps of abdominal exercises to heal the diastasis recti where do you stand on this? (laughs) I think again with that, to me, it comes down to strategies and um, challenging the tissues like loading and volume. And so again, it's it's hard because it is individual. There's a lot of gray. It's not black and white. Do that. Like do stuff on list a and not on list B. Um, because, yeah, like, I mean, there was a point, and I mean, and I was one of those physios, too, that often talked about, you know, don't do that sit-up to get out of bed. But then, like, I've definitely had clients come in extremely anxious and nervous that they did, they got out of bed doing a sit-up one time, and they are afraid that they made their diastasis worse. And 
it's one of those things, A, if you're listening to this and you're wondering that, I can tell you one sit up out of it did not make it worse. Um, it's just not true. So it's, it really is about strategies and not necessarily needing to do, yeah, like a million repetitions of something. Generally, if you can do a million repetitions of something, then that is a pretty good sign that you're ready to then progress of changing the load or again, the volume or the angle, like there's, then that means you're ready to progress that necessarily doing the same thing a million times won't necessarily make a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's so important what you said about like, this is the gray area. So it's not that it's not that everyone's diastasis is going to get worse. If you start doing crunches, it's not that you need to do all the crunches to heal your diastasis. Could crunches be helpful for healing your diastasis? Absolutely, in lots of bodies. Might your diastasis worsen to some degree if you are doing 500 reps of crunches per day and your strategy with how you're performing that repetition isn't optimal for your body? Perhaps. Again, like it is so individual to the body and how we are performing the exercise. And I think this is something that Anthony Lowe says, I believe, it's not the movement itself. It is how we are performing it. And it is so true. Unlike you were saying, Anita, it's not do the exercise from list A, skip all the ones from list B. That might be the situation if you have an assessment with a patient and you see what their body can handle at this time and under what loads, what kind of pressures can they manage. For sure, maybe we'll stick to list A for the next week and then we'll start to add some of the stuff from list B onto that when that person is able to respond in an effective way to that stuff. I know this isn't the answer that people are hoping for a lot of the time. Like that we want the A's, we want the B's. Just give me, just give me the exercises to do to heal my diastasis from that blog on the internet. And it's not so simple, but at the same time, it actually is simpler than we're making it a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I think it's, as time goes on, I think with a lot of aspects of, um, things like diastasis is we end up getting like really complicated with things and making things more complex. And I feel like the pendulum keeps swinging and right now it's going back towards making things a little more basic, more simple. Um, But in that way, it's actually more effective um, because it's more about the strategy people are using. And, And like you said, with an individualized like assessment, if you're seeing someone, they can help you, you know, be able to see on your own body or help you tune into maybe what to watch for or what, what, um, if you're feeling symptoms, what symptoms may be a sign of like, okay, it's time to back off a little bit, or that is actually okay. You can progress a bit. Um, so again, everyone's going to be, be different. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, last question. How can we use abdominal exercises postpartum in an effective way? Yeah, I think that goes back to even how we started is bringing that deep core connection and strategy into a lot of different things. Like you said, squats, deadlifts, chest press, like, or anything. Like if you're into yoga or you're into Pilates, like 
bringing it into um, other activities and using that kind of strategy. And, and I think also a good point you brought up is, you know, if you're someone who's like, no, but like, I really like doing like a hundred crunches, you know, have the dialogue with yourself of like, why do you want to do that? If you really do enjoy doing them and love doing them, then yeah, you know, that might be part of what you're doing. It may not be the first thing you're doing. It may be something you build to. Everyone's going to be different. But I think it's good to have that kind of dialogue with yourself to find out why you enjoy uh, doing certain things. Um, but then also we've talked about like getting up. So if you have a little one um, and you need to get up out of bed or you need to get off the couch, there are likely numerous times you are going to be doing some form of crunch or sit up to get out of that position, right? Can't necessarily roll to your side. Um, and so I know, again, Auntie Lo talks about that too. It's like finding a strategy that works so that you can do that and feel like feel good in your body doing that, feel strong doing that. Because if you never try it or practice it and then you have to do it, like you don't want to feel stressed about doing it either. So. Mm -hmm. Yes. And just a note, when we talk about strategy, it's kind of this fancy term that we have started using or have been using that really just means the way that you're doing the thing like what your body is doing, how you are moving your body to do the exercise. And the strategy can look different for everyone. It can involve different ways of your body alignment, your body position, the way you are inhaling or exhaling, or when you might be inhaling or exhaling on that exercise, how much tension you engage in, say, your abdominal muscles or your pelvic floor if you're using the whole body or just certain parts of the body. So again, strategy, just a really, just like one all encompassing word to describe the way you are doing the movement. So in regards to postpartum abdominal training, know that absolutely abdominal exercises postpartum can be useful and effective for postpartum healing. Know that it just doesn't fit into this box of three different core abdominal exercises and that's it. Like the way you are living your life, you are doing abdominal training. And on the other side, crunches, sit-ups, and planks, those can be abdominal training too. They can be fine also. And just wrapping up this messaging one more time, consider if you are feeling frantic or urgent to get back to core exercises, why that is. Where is that feeling resulting from? We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 